Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Conversations on Dance is proud to have Yumiko as a continued partner in 2021. Yumiko is a company inspired by beauty and standards. As a leader in the dancewear industry, they take great pride in their impact as a socially and environmentally conscious brand. This month, Yumiko introduced six new mesh tones available for all personalized pieces. And as a summer celebration, Yumiko is offering a special in-store discount to our New York City listeners. Show that you are subscribed to Conversations on Dance at checkout to receive a 10% discount on your in-store purchase. Visit yumiko.com for store hours and be sure to follow along on Instagram at yumiko to stay up to date. Special thanks to the town of Vail for their support of the Vail Dance Festival and Conversations on Dance live podcast recordings. This episode was recorded at the Manor Vale Lodge. I'm Rebecca King-Ferraro. And I'm Michael Sean Breeden, and you're listening to Conversations on Dance. Today we are joined by Gretchen Smith from the 2021 Vail Dance Festival earlier this month. Gretchen was born in Evansville, Indiana, and began her dance training at the age of seven at Evansville Dance Theater. She began studying at the School of American Ballet during the 2003 summer course and enrolled as a full-time student that fall. She went on to join the New York City Ballet as an apprentice in October of 2005 and joined as a corps de ballet member in February of 2006. We talk with Gretchen about her path to New York City Ballet, dancing iconic repertoire, working with choreographers on new works, some of her takeaways from the pandemic, and her debut as Green Girl in Dances at a Gathering at the Vail Dance Festival. Gretchen, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. You are our first in-person recorded interview. Am I? Since 
the pandemic started. Aww. So this is so lovely this to just have honor. a person sitting across from us. <laughs> it's very exciting. Yeah, you're not in a computer screen, which is what no. we've been used to recently. So that's wonderful. Yeah. And we're really grateful that you popped over between class and rehearsal because you do have a busy-ish schedule here. Yes. Um, you made your premiere in The Green Girl and Danced at a Gathering last night, which we definitely want to get to. Okay. But since this is, a, this is your first time on the podcast, we need to start at the beginning like with everyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, how did you first become interested in dance? Uh, so really, I mean, I'm sure my mother doesn't appreciate that I frame it this way, but this is how I felt as a young kid. She just kept plugging me in to different activities. Right. And I hated gymnastics. I hated softball. And finally, she was like, okay, dance. And ballet just always seemed to stick it out like above track above swimming all of those things um and I remember my first class with my first teacher Adelie and I definitely have to say like would not be here without her Mm -hmm. you know it's like Dolly Dinkle school in Evansville Indiana behind the country club in like a huge like old factory um And Evansville Dance Theater is actually no longer in existence, which is very sad. Mm -hmm. But um, while I was there, Patrick Henson, who actually used to dance with New York City Ballet for like a very brief moment, was the one who guided me to audition for SAB. And I went to Bloomington and Susie Pilar taught the audition. And... She gave reverence at the end of class. And I was like, what is this? Because I was learning Vaganova up until like Patrick came, which it was like a very soft version of balancing technique. And I just remember Susie all pink, you know, pink Mm -hmm. unitard, pink skirt, pink sweater, point shoes, and her just doing that beautiful reverence knees together so deep. And she was like, more, more, more. Um, I didn't go to SAB that summer. I ended up going to San Francisco. And then the next year rolled around. Susie was at my audition again. And she walked up to me and she said, you didn't come to SAB. Where were you? <gasps> oh, <laughs> and, yeah, and I said, I'm coming this year. And uh-huh. she um, like, you better. <laughs> she was like, I, you have a full scholarship. I'm telling you right now. And she was like, you need to come. And wow. that was it ever since. After San Francisco, did you go back to Evansville? Mm-hmm. So would you say that you weren't really getting like a lot of um, very serious training until you went to SAB or? Yes. However, with that being said, I look back on it now mm-hmm. and I feel that nothing compares to SAB, obviously, right. like when you're essentially going to boarding school for our passion. Mm -hmm. There's no replacement or anything comparable to, but during this pandemic, I found myself reflecting as we all did like on our journeys and how we even got here because for the first time ever, I was like, wow, we have such a cool career, but it is really seriously so bizarre that this is what we do. And now we don't have it. Mm -hmm. So how did I get here? Who am I without it? Like really without it. Mm-hmm. Right. And one thing that I found myself like continuing to go back to is that I'm really, really grateful for the structure that Evansville Dance Theater gave to me. 
like incredibly grateful. Um, I don't, it certainly instilled a passion and like a reverence for our art form that I know is what sustained me during those really hard first months of trying to navigate balancing technique Mm -hmm. and SAB. And I really didn't know much about New York city ballet, Mm -hmm. like at all. Mm -hmm. Right. And I didn't know, I probably even shouldn't even like, I really probably shouldn't share this, but it's a funny. So during the summer course, we were taking class, Susie was teaching, and this man walked in. And all of a sudden, all of the girls in the class were just like, you could feel the energy shift. And mm-hmm. everyone was just like a little bit like more stiff and like mm-hmm. really aware and like dear eyes. And I was like, what is What's happening? <laughs> and Hannah, who you know, yeah. she was my roommate during the summer course. We became like sisters yeah. and we returned for the year round program together room together and we always stood next to each other at the bar yeah and I like looked at Hannah this guy finally left and it was just like yeah everything settled and I I looked at Hannah and I was like what's going on like why are people freaking out and Hannah was like that was Peter Martins and I was like I (laughs) I don't know I didn't didn't know know. (laughs) I didn't know No, that might be for the best in some ways yeah totally you can't panic that way yeah. If you're prone to that's panic. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> or were you panic? Are you a person that's like, I, everyone else is panicking. I'm panicking that I'm not panicking. No. no you were I like, I don't know. Like, I mean, now I am. Now, yeah. <laughs> now, like, the neuroses has really right. set in. Set in. <laughs> but at the time, I was like, I feel like I don't know and want to be a part of this. <laughs> right, right, right. That is so funny. Mm-hmm. So did you take immediately to the balancing, like, shift in your technique style were you like oh this feels really natural to me or did it kind of take a while to kind of like I know you said you had kind of a little bit of introduction to it but of course SAB it was a lot more I'm sure I mean I always liken it to like Wizard of Oz moment going to SAB felt like Technicolor getting there Uh, and it's weird it's like something about it does feel so natural yeah However, I'm totally a processor. I have been my entire life. So it didn't feel innate until maybe the middle of our first year. And even still, I struggled. But I remember when things started clicking Mm -hmm. after like the first couple of months. But the thing that did feel natural and that made sense to me, especially I really took to Susie's class because everything that she likens balancing technique to, you know, pouncing like a cat, like all these Mm -hmm. or, you know, when Mm -hmm. pot de cheval, it's like all of those things made sense. And the athleticism of the movement, that's really what clicked for me, even though I didn't quite technically understand what I was doing. Mm -hmm. But that, it was like thrilling. And I don't know, too, if part of my interest and love for it that happened really quickly was the learning curve of it. Right, right, right. 
Mm-hmm. Sure. Now that's interesting. I think, I don't know if I've heard anyone put it kind of in those terms where mm-hmm. you're saying like it felt natural, but also difficult. Like two things can be true at the same sure, time. Yeah. Like it is just a very hard technique to do. Yeah. So even though you like, you were fascinated by it and like doing it, it just takes time to set into your body. Right. Oh, for sure. And I think too, when you're taught from a young age to move uh, in the Vaganova school of dance, which is beautiful, right. but it is having Susie or even Kay or Suki just look at you and say, just do it. Yeah. That was like a frightening thing yeah. where I was like, but do what? <laughs> what? Like, yeah. exactly, <laughs> like that I don't know what that means right. without wanting to like have my rigid spatula hands. Right. You know what I mean? I, well, I just, I, not to hijack your interview, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> but uh, Daniel Applebaum, I remember was standing behind me one bar and Peter Martins kept, was talk, saying how he didn't want you to roll through your metatarsal mm-hmm. to do a tondu. So, you know, yes. <clears throat> we can't show in our podcast, but typically right. when you're doing a tondu in the balancing technique, you hold your arch. So you're not breaking through your metatarsals. You're not massaging quote unquote the like floor you really yeah. do a lot of ball of the foot on the floor but in the russian it. style you're always going to do that right and i didn't understand and peter kept being like no do again mm-hmm. no and then daniel i'd like turn and look at daniel he goes kinch your foot like kinch your yeah, blank yeah. foot yeah. yeah like two yeah, yeah, <laughs> in my yeah. eyes and i was just like okay <laughs> but i didn't understand like to me i was just like that i don't know I, like that couldn't uh, you can't imagine what that possibility is you've yeah. never done it and you're just like surely he doesn't mean this thing that is the antithesis of my thing of what i was yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah absolutely but i think that's the other thing too is like now when someone asks us to roll through our feet like when we have guest teachers mm-hmm. at city ballet i'm like no. what Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was always one of those like if someone like told us to turn from a squat mm-hmm. I just wouldn't do it yeah. I was just like I'm not here for that like <laughs> like in a, on a in yeah. choreography whatever yeah. you want but like in, in class I don't need to be doing yeah. that I don't need to be practicing that you but know? <laughs> also though to your point I remember the first class where we were taught the balancing fourth and That's turning the hardest but I remember being like, yes, I love this. This Good. is weird and beautiful. And this is what I want to be yeah. doing. I don't want to be turning the way that I have been. Yeah. 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 That was a, one thing. I had a student uh, sort of recently when I was working with them, like, oh, this is a different thing. You know, mm-hmm. I always tell them, like, you don't have to do this in other classes, but let's try it today. So, like, if you're in an audition, you'll have seen it before you'll have tried it, you know. And so this one girl, like I was trying to explain, like, because you're more forward, you're already there where you need to be. And like, to me, it makes more sense. And this one girl just did like four periods. She's like, oh, my God, it makes so much sense. That's perfect. Yeah. I love mm-hmm. it. And I was like, I got so excited because yeah. there's a lot of physics to it. Also, yeah. like yeah. all of these things, you yeah. know. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's cool. I like that. <laughs> so at what point, um, so you came in not knowing much about New York City Ballet mm-hmm. or the style or technique. At what point? Was there a shift where you became aware of the company mm-hmm. and sort of made that a goal in your mind? It was pretty initial in the summer program. Um, and it wasn't, I can't even say, this is another thing that I've been reflecting on that I find kind of bizarre is that 
I never, and this is not like a woe is me thing or any of that kind of stuff, but because I come from middle America, Evansville, Indiana, where the arts is like, sadly, not Mm -hmm. much, Mm -hmm. right? It never even occurred to me, even when I was at SAB, that this was a life I could have. Right. Like, that was never something that ever felt like a reality. So what were you thinking when you went away to school at SAB? Were you just thinking, like, oh, this will be fun? Summer camp. Yeah. No, (laughs) I just, I knew that I did not belong in Evansville. Mm -hmm. Like, that was very clear to me from a young age. Mm -hmm. I was a loner. I loved ballet. It never bothered me that I couldn't go to, like, football games or the prom or Mm -hmm. any of these things. I mean, I had a wonderful group of friends, but I never really felt like I fit in Mm -hmm. anywhere. And when I got to SAB, that's when I was like, if I don't come here, I know I'm going to regret this for the rest of my life. Right, right, And this is where I want to be no matter how difficult it is. Mm-hmm. When I saw City Ballet perform Midsummer for the mm-hmm. first time, <gasps> the watching the lovers, I was like, mm. I want to do that. And just being in that stage, and even though we were way up in the nosebleeds, and I remember Hannah being so upset because it was like one of her favorite ballets, mm-hmm. and she like broke it, I think, on her like VHS. She had a VHS of it and broke it because she watched it uh-huh. so many times. <laughs> remember that? But um, <laughs> that's when I really was like, it did click momentarily where I was like, oh, this is a life mm-hmm. that's possible. But I really, until... Peter offered me an apprenticeship and I just like crumbled to the ground. That was like the moment when I was like, oh my gosh, this is it. Mm -hmm. Like, this is what I'm, this is what I'm doing with my life. I didn't even connect the dots. It's just like the passion of it just kind of like led me there. That's so cool. Which I'm glad I didn't really put two and two together for a while. Cause I think I would have like totally freaked Helped myself. With the pressure. Oh, yeah. 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 Now just really quickly, since we're talking about midsummer, what have you danced in midsummer since then? Oh, fairies, divertissement. The divertissement. I the love best. divertissement. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, oh, and always the hounds as an apprentice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yeah. But see, you've done parts yeah. in it now. And so yeah. it's a cool full circle right. with that. I like yeah. it. Um, think I might be able to imagine the answer to this, but this is, uh, since I was present for this. Now I'm, yeah. I'm just thinking, um, there was a moment my last year when you were doing great parts in workshop mm-hmm. and for whatever reason, whatever needs there were in the company, like, you know, of course your kids and you always speculate who's going to get in the company. Yeah. And that year they only took two very tall girls Mm -hmm. and one of whom only did a core part the whole Mm -hmm. workshop so very rare thing yeah Yeah. so people like Gretchen who like were presumed to get an apprenticeship had to wait until a little bit later was was you're saying since you're saying like I was kind of distracted I didn't really believe until it happened was that moment like when you look mm-hmm. back, was that disappointing or were you just kind of like, okay, I'm back. It's not like you, you no, were still it was. young. You, it, yeah. it was disappointing, but I remember feeling like very aware that I was weak. I knew that I was weak and I knew that 
there were specific people in my class who were stronger than I was. Mm. So I that like never the, felt like a... But this is interesting to me because I don't. I really think that the reason you didn't get in at that moment was just because of a specific need. Yeah. We need these two tall girls. Right, right, right. And then later on, you got in for Nutcracker, is that right? I got in in... It was October 17th. Right. Yep. So it's like, it, it was the same thing. It didn't actually yeah. make that much of a difference to your life mm-hmm. because those girls got told in June and then right. for, by the time they realized they needed girls of Gretchen's height or whatever, mm-hmm. then Gretchen gets told. Like it was just only like that one. Like, like summer basically right, where yeah. literally you're not doing anything. You're right, not right. involved with the company. Yeah. Right. So to me, I, I, I was like, oh, well, she just has to wait a little bit longer. But for you, you took that as like, okay, I'm weak and I need to get mm-hmm. to build strength. That's yeah. just so, like a dancer, so dancer's mindset. So yeah. hard on herself. Yeah. It's like actually kind of gross. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I'm like... I, that I mean, that was one thing, too, during the pandemic that I was, like, reflecting on a lot. I was, like, because I would just, random things would happen, and I'd start, like, berating myself in my head. And I'm, yeah. like, hey, you're just, like, living your life right now. Cool it. Yeah. You yeah. know? I know. Yeah. I know. But you know what's interesting, though, is I wonder if that mindset did actually really help you. Because you could have just been, like, well, screw this. I didn't yeah. get something right. I was supposed to get. But really, you were just, like, okay, yep, I see it. This is what I need to work mm-hmm. on. And then you dove head first into it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So what were those first um, years like in the company once you were in the corps de ballet? What were some of the first um, things that you were dancing? Okay. This is, I actually don't remember everything <laughs> because. You so much. We, so they took me on my own in October. Then like mid-November or early December, maybe even, they took Katie Morgan and Janelle Manzi because Mm. girls started dropping like flies. Mm. We, Janelle and I had our, I think at the time we were doing nine, nine ballets. Nine was the rule. Yeah. By February 14th on Valentine's day, Janelle and I had gotten thrown into nine ballets. Wow. And I can't even remember if Nutcracker counted at the time. Right. Right. But I remember dancing Ballow, and that was mm. one of my first love Meryl. Oh my gosh, she scared the bejesus out of me. Mm. But she I love that ballet. ballet yeah. Yeah. And I'll never forget that first moment of the curtain going up in that ballet, too. Oh, that's oh. a scary one, too, because you're already like in a pose. Yeah. But it's, yeah. also just that music. I mm. That music is so beautiful and how it just like fills the auditorium. Mm-hmm. We got thrown into Ballot, Symphony in C. I got thrown into Third Movement. Um, four T's. How many of these ballets would you guess were being thrown on? Rather than being cast as an apprentice. Oh, the majority. Most of them. All of them. Yeah, it, that's what I thought. Concerto Barocco, I got thrown into. Whoa. That young. What? Yeah. That's why. If it, yeah. So just mm, for the. It, mm, it may not have been at the beginning of the year, but later on that them. year, because so Savannah for, went out. So the audience knows that Barocco is one of the last things you get mm-hmm. into as a, as a court yeah. ballet member. Yeah. Because it's like a really very, very special ballet. You are on stage the entire time. You don't leave. And you do a lot for, of things that the principals do. And yeah, it's for really... 19 minutes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's the best. It's yeah. one of the most like incredible... Days. Yeah. So a lot of things, one thing we talk about a lot um, is kind of like the pressures that you feel when you're younger versus as you get a little bit older in your career. So at that time when you, I know like we did, I did square dance when I was really young. I didn't know what that meant. 
Like yeah. I had no, I was like, oh, I'm just doing this ballet. Like I knew it was really, really hard, but I didn't really like, like get the full weight. I'm gonna die of it. at the end of it. Right. <laughs> I didn't like understand the full weight, and then like when I did it later in my career, I was just like, I'm like so neurotic, I couldn't. Mm-hmm. So I wonder. And Baroque is a similar ballet, though I think much more fun. But anyway, um, so I wonder, like, what was that like for you then? And then how do you approach it now? Does it feel like a different kind of pressure? Or? So I barely remember that show and what happened is savannah went out during the complete i was in another rehearsal upstairs in our main hall rosemary came up pointed at me wiggled her little finger i walked over and i knew i was like you need me for barocco and she said yes and she said you guys had one rehearsal where you learned it do you remember it And I looked at her and I said, I I said, I think so. And Rosie, (laughs) classic Rosie, I love her so much. She was walking in front of me and she turned around and she said, you think so? (gasps) She goes, well, we'll see. I went down and you know, the Susu lunge Uh in second movement went straight in. I like walked on stage right Uh in time for Susu Mm. lunge, Susu lunge. You walked on stage, not in a rehearsal. No, it would know it was in a rehearsal. It was oh, a, yeah, yeah. a complete, oh, sorry, a complete yeah. on stage. Okay, okay. Complete on stage and it went fine. And Rosemary was like, Good, you remember it. You're on tonight. But you hadn't you didn't get a chance to do the first movement. No. Like, so we had like a ver- quickie. Yeah. We had a really super quickie yeah. rehearsal in the practice room. Didn't even do it full out because there wasn't time. Right. Um and the thing is, is Thank God that was at the tail end of my throw on experiences because up until that moment. I was just learning and doing right mm-hmm. because that's what was required. Yeah. Right. And something about Barocco feels so right, mm-hmm. even though it's mm-hmm. so difficult. The thing is, is like you, even when you're wanting to just like die and go into the fetal position on the floor, the way the music mm-hmm. and the steps carry you. Mm-hmm. I feel so good. It, <laughs> it, that was one of the ones that, made me feel the least nervous. Mm -hmm. Like I remember that performance and doing it for the first time and knowing I was going to like die, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but also being like, no, this is one of those specific ballets that feels right in my bones. Yes. So I Mm -hmm. don't, I know that I don't have to worry Mm -hmm. getting older. It's more like, Okay, so like I know these are my pains and I know I'm gonna feel them during the yeah. show and I may or may not freak out. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like <laughs> when my left calf starts to like do its like funny tween gene thing, I know I'm probably gonna like go off on some like little crazy mental sure. gonna take you out of the yeah, for, yeah, yeah, yeah. for a sec. Um, but with that being said, as both of you know, when you continue to revisit something in your career, which I think at we, you, I feel like we all kind of go through these ups and downs where we're like, Oh, I keep doing the same thing. I keep Mm -hmm. doing the same thing. This is so frustrating. And then you have a breakthrough at one moment and you're like, Oh wait, this is actually a luxury because I have the knowledge to go through this piece and actually enjoy it. Right. And know the moments that need less physical Mm -hmm. output and so I don't know. I mean, that's kind of how I feel about Barocco now. Also, I'm just like, I love that pain at the end of that ballet. Oh, I know. That, it like, right so, at the end when you go yeah. down, it feels so good. And your feet, like, don't point. Yeah. You know, it's like there's something, like, so satisfying about just, like... Finale stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So 
to me right now, and I'm sure to the staff and audience, like you are one of those pivotal core members that are relied upon. You're constantly put into like all three valleys in a night. Um, everyone knows that you're intelligent and quick and a great dancer. So, Mm -hmm. you know, those things, when, how long did that take to kind of like coalesce so that you became that dependable core member that every company needs? Oh, that's very nice. So is that like, Um. was that like, do you think the Barocco moment was kind of like maybe... That Part yeah, that I was going to ask literally the same question because of that. Yeah, yeah. I but I think all of getting thrown into all of those ballets right away. I believe that Rosemary honed that. I don't. I I know that. Um, that's a really hard question because the thing is, is like that all feels like very complimentary and I'm like, no, <laughs> <laughs> no, but you, you but know, like, you I, know that you, how important you are, like those senior core members that can do everything and just like have that, the muscle memory. Right. Yeah. And, um, no, I feel that. Yeah. I, I attribute all of that to Rosemary. I really do because I don't, I I didn't know enough when I got into the company about any of these ballets and to get to learn so many within those first few months and learn them from her in a room oftentimes just by myself um, offered me I think the light to know the immense respect that I have for her and the ballets and for the entire core. Right. And I think it, it just all stems from that. I mean, I don't know. I also just love learning things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like I'm very fascinated with learning new material, even when it's frustrating or doesn't make sense. That's like my favorite. The process is actually my favorite Mm -hmm. experience. Mm -hmm. So I, I feel that probably lends a lot to, Mm -hmm. But I don't know. I mean, I have no idea. <laughs> I don't <laughs> like you, know. You don't have like a, a, yeah, a it was more gradual. Maybe, yeah. That, yeah. Then, but I, it's like through time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm, mm-hmm. I just feel, na- I don't know. It just feels natural, I guess. Mm-hmm. I do want to say that um, this is something I tell my students a lot is that, I think that the intelligence and like the ability to learn quickly can make you so, so valuable to a company. Well, and so this is one thing that never left me that my teacher, Adelie, it was like one of the first things she said to me when I was 11, when she looked at me and she was like, you're going to be a professional dancer. That's in the cards for you. It's just whether you want it or not. And she said, and when you do do that, and when you start working with other people, she said, watch them, watch them, watch everything they do. And that's how you will learn. Right. And it was the best advice I've ever been given because I think that's also why I end up being chosen for new choreography and new pieces is because Mm -hmm. she like really put that in me. And I think also by watching, it's sort of like, especially because we're all so quick, Mm -hmm. right. 
you right. start emulating what you're seeing, mm-hmm. even if we don't necessarily know what we're doing with our right. bodies. And mm-hmm. I think that's the thing is that it's like by watching, you can mimic until you know it. Mm-hmm. Right. And you can fake it a little bit until it's yours. Fake it till you make is it. This, yeah. I, I love this. We're getting a theme going here. Because like we, we talked to Calvin earlier this morning, mm-hmm. Calvin Royal, and he was saying how that was such an important part of how he got opportunity initially and we have already brought up Susie Pilar yeah. and Susie Pilar was an original dancers at a gathering understudy her, she and Gelsey were the only ones that kind of just learned all the parts and she said that the reason she got to learn it was because Jerry I think he even told her mm-hmm. he was like you look at something and then you copy it perfectly mm-hmm. like what a valuable thing that is mm-hmm. you know yep. Dances is what? How old now? Fifty plus years old, yeah. and it's just, it's the same thing today. We still you still have to be able to see someone and put it on your body like yeah. that, and yeah. that and that goes with te- like it all comes together, right? Because some people have like a very natural like speaking for me, like I didn't have that natural stuff, so you know, so it's like if you but if you can see and try to copy mm-hmm. and learn and put it on your body, it might it's there's a process involved. But that ability is so essential. So that leads me to my next question is, are you going to set ballet someday? Is that something that you would like to do? It seems you have the mind for it. I would love to. Yeah, Yeah, I would love to. I think I might know someone who um, might be needing more people. Oh, yeah. Great. (laughs) I think you know them, too. Yeah. Um. (laughs) But maybe not. Our world is so big. (laughs) I would know. I would love that. So I wanted to now go back to something you mentioned Mm -hmm. you do work with a lot of new choreographers and I think this is pretty cool because it happened after you've already become like a fully realized important member of the court of ballet so Justin Peck um became a choreographer of like almost immediate prominence Mm -hmm. and I think it was 2013 but at that point you've already been in the company for seven years is Mm -hmm. that right something like that yeah long enough yeah like at this point you are yeah a f- full-fledged, yeah. Yeah. you know, important core ballet member. Core member, yeah. Um, yeah. And then you start getting to do these things that then take your career to the next level mm-hmm. under Justin. Yeah. And then you originated a role in pictures at an exhibition. Alexa Romanski's, I call it a masterpiece because I think it is. Which is going tomorrow night, or tonight rather, in Vail. But um, what's that like? Kind of halfway through your career, you get this shift but like something that feeds a wholly different side of you artistically um like a dream come true without being like too cheesy but it's true I mean the other thing is too I feel incredibly grateful that Justin even uses me as much as he does for the reasons that we met when we were 15 Mm -hmm. in San Francisco. We've known each other for such a long time. And the way that he has taught us all expansion and, um, in a very specific coordination for the Justin Peck technique, Mm -hmm. I think his, made us all better dancers in the end. Mm-hmm. And um, he's dancing. Justin's ballets are thrilling. Mm-hmm. They're absolutely thrilling. And then, of course, to like be in a studio with Alexi one-on-one, well, really, it was with Adrian. That's a memory that I'll never forget, that first uh, 
rehearsal for our pas de deux, which is like a very unorthodox, no pun intended, <laughs> um, that process. And I don't know. I feel that uh, New York City Ballet is so, we're so lucky because we do have so many opportunities. And I feel that they always are in service to one another between the Balanchine technique and dancing these new works. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, it's just, it's exciting yeah. it, to push yourself in a completely new way because I think too, so much of New York city ballet is the legacy between Balanchine and Robbins and mm-hmm. all of these incredible, incredible dancers who have gone before you. And then you get these opportunities to make these roles your own right away without any sort of umbrella. Yeah. 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 And so that also, so I think sometimes that makes us all wild out a little bit when we get to new, (laughs) new ballets. Cause Mm -hmm. it's sort of like, okay, I'm like free from this beautiful legacy that I want to uphold. But that also is kind of a scary thing to like carry on your shoulders when you're Dancing yeah, Balanchine. So true, yeah. Which now we can talk about that beautiful legacy. You had <clears throat> a big debut last night yeah. in the Green Girl, Dances yeah. at a Gathering. I mean, that's made on Violet Verity. Doesn't get any more iconic or I guess probably intimidating than that. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing that I'm, a, I'm like sort of ashamed to say. I had never watched the video of her doing it. Might be for the best, it's though. Probably okay. Well, yeah. no. Was that so a conscious I finally, decision? I, no, I okay. finally watched it in the middle of the it's process. Hard to find, of Christine. Too. So we're, yeah, we're giving yourself, okay. giving you some credit. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, no, Christine was like, you know what? I want to wait. She was like, I want to wait until you find the essence of who she is, and then we'll watch Violet. Mm-hmm. And jaw on the floor after watching Violet do that. I've never seen mm-hmm. anything like that in my entire life. Mm-hmm. So earthy, so natural, so beautiful, so lighthearted. Mm-hmm. And it's just perfect mm-hmm. in what it is. Um, how much oh, did you take from so that? Brilliant. Like, how did you kind of take some things? Cause while well, you're also saying you want to keep it your own, of course too, but how did you kind of find inspiration from that? I mean, I wanted to, just take an essence of her, but mm-hmm. there is no way that you can recreate that. Mm-hmm. I mean, no way. Mm-hmm. Um, she definitely, I feel like her spirit definitely informed how I wanted to approach it. Mm-hmm. And I definitely took some things away from her and we ended up going back to her original version mm-hmm. for a couple of the moments, which mm-hmm. um, felt really special mm-hmm. and i've i loved that jp was like you know what i want you to do violette's version mm-hmm. for this that's funny because i was actually wondering if there were a few moments that i mm-hmm. wondered if we're different oh, yeah interesting yeah he was like i want you to do i want you to do violette's version mm-hmm. cool um something that to me is really interesting about the part is that the second solo was made for allegra mm-hmm. so the ballet now has this kind of form that right. it's pretty much sticking to now yeah. it seems to be but it was a lot more um people did lots of different things right. like Susie, i think when she did blue i'm pretty sure i hope i'm not lying Susie, that she <laughs> did <clears throat> the first yellow solo um green 
has also done wind waltz. Yellow yes. has done wind waltz. Um, so when no. you're trying to make your like character, that's in mm-hmm. quotations because it's you're not a character. You're, you're yourself, but they do have a certain individual flavor. Mm-hmm. You you have your two big solos, mm-hmm. and one is this very specific Lady of the Manor Violet mm-hmm. moment, and the other is like you know a little bit like kooky Allegra. Yeah. Yeah. How do you find the through line in both of those? Mm. That's a good question. I feel that for me, the through line was the confidence of the character mm, yeah, or that, or, or whoever she is, mm. is she is unabashedly herself mm-hmm. through both of those solos. Yeah. And the second solo, she's, a little off her rocker. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, she's like a little out of touch. Right. And, um, but she embraces that in herself. And I feel that that's, I love the juxtaposition of them though, because the first is so grounded. Mm-hmm. You never go on point. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you have this like beautiful solo. That's essentially a point class. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's like these two sides of her, but she's still like, floating in another realm you know I love that i didn't yeah. i would never have even like uh, you say that i didn't even think think about it me yeah, neither yeah like the point versus not right and yeah like, yeah those i love the way you threaded that together yeah Thanks. so when we talked to um your boss john stafford yesterday <laughs> um he was talking about one of the really great benefits of um, New York City Ballet Moves is that this kind of allows opportunities for different dancers to try different parts, which I'm guessing maybe this was one of those moments. How long had you been learning the piece and how did it come about that you would be? Mm. Mm -mm, Not long. (laughs) Uh So obviously two years ago now it would be. Oh gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Pre-pandemic. Pre-pandemic, JP had told me before we left for, or right after we got the invite to come to Vale Jackson Hole. Because right. that was supposed to be mm-hmm. in 2020. Both of yes. these gigs, you just came from Jackson Hole before the Vale Dance Festival. Yes. And both of these moves tours were on the schedule pre-pandemic. Yes. Right. And so they moved to this year. Yes. Um, when we received the email for the invitation, uh, the next day, or maybe two days after, JP came up to me and he was like, I would love for you to do Green Girl. Mm-hmm. Um, would yeah. you want to do this? And I looked at him and I was like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. That's that's a dream. Even if it's just one one show, yes, right. please. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll be happy for the rest of my life. Right. Um and so that's how I found out. I hadn't learned it. Right. Um but it was just there in your mind. Yes, but it was there in oh. my mind. So yeah, actually when the pandemic hit, I was like, okay, no dances. And then when it rolled around and we were told that this would happen again, I was even wondering, I was like, I wonder if I'll still get to do mm-hmm. dances. Do they remember they said that? Yeah, yeah. exactly. exactly. <laughs> no, it really was. Well, you never know. Yeah. But, yeah. Okay. So this is interesting. I don't mean to interrupt your no. thought process, but it's making me think, obviously Rebecca and I were retired, so we didn't have to deal with this right. mental garbage, <laughs> but like the way that you, are, we already put pressure on ourselves mm-hmm. as dancers when the world is moving along. Yeah. But for like in that time in the pandemic, like were you, was it, 
even worse in a way. I'm not trying to get super dark no, here, no, no. but just thinking about like the the things the things forever. we make up, yeah. like yes. the way that we we interpret things that have not transpired or like yeah. we have no clue of, and we put in we usually fill in the blanks with negative. Mm-hmm. So you're just like on your sofa last November, and mm-hmm. you hear like oh this is still gonna happen. Like well maybe they'll take me out, even though at this point. Why would they take you out? They haven't seen any of you right. dance. Right, I know. Like, why are we so crazy? <laughs> I know, we're so crazy. It's so true. You know, but I get it. But That's like so everyone yeah. would be happy. I would have done that, that, of course. Of course. I would have yeah. done but, tenfold. That would have been like, I'm fire. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, everything's burning down. Yeah. It's actually so true, though. Yeah. I mean, so how did you find out they remembered? casting yeah when they send out casting I was still on it yeah and then I was I primarily rehearsed it with only Christine Mm -hmm. and then JP was kind of in and out um and she just created this really lovely lovely experience um with so many incredible nuggets Mm um yeah it was it was I mean I'm not gonna lie like at one point right before we left I was alone with Christine and I like started bawling after because I was just like I see I'm gonna start crying again it was so lovely mm-hmm. to come back to that Ugh. and have that be um this really gracious studio experience mm-hmm. and remembering that because we are crazy and we're so hard, hard on ourselves remembering that it's such a beautiful process mm-hmm to learn something and to make it your own and to share it and to learn from someone else at the front of the room who holds all of these little bits of wisdom, like, and also that music, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and also it probably was so nice because it was like a one-on-one process as opposed to like, if you're doing a big ballet and there's core, you know, well, and I think that's the thing too, is like, you know, it's just one other pair of eyes. Right. It's been such a bizarre experience to come back to. Okay, now put three more pairs of eyes in the room. Mm-hmm. Put ten more pairs mm-hmm. of eyes in the room after right. isolation and going through this yeah. process on your own. And everything is so much about how you feel, right? Because that's mm-hmm. what the pandemic has been. Right. You, if you're lucky you had a significant other or an animal Mm -hmm. or whatever else, (laughs) but like I, I'm a very solitary person, but I will never forget that isolation Mm -hmm. and being alone, Mm -hmm. like alone, Mm -hmm. no one. And the way dance became an outlet in that way and, you know, like 400 square foot studio, like how navigating dance in that way. And so I think it was another thing too, to suddenly be like, Oh, I can move again. Yeah. You know, like I don't, and it was not cute. My body did not know what to do for like the first three days. And (laughs) JP came in like on the fourth day and he was like, that was a lot better. And I was like, yeah. Cause like, I know my, I can everything's my back, yeah. uh, everything's yeah. back. Right. But like for a while, my body was like, oh, just like this little like 10 by 10 yeah. square yeah. of Marley. Yeah. yeah, that everyone was used to. So this is not your first Veil Dance Festival no. experience, though. Mm-hmm. You've been here before. Yes. Um, what do you enjoy about the festival? Why is it exciting to be back? 
Well, first of all, it's just beautiful here. Yeah. It's just like the crisp air, the beautiful scenery. Mm-hmm. So peaceful, the complete antithesis. But I think also just the excitement of being with other companies in a way that we never are. There's something so refreshing and invigorating, as well as typically when you come here, you get opportunities to dance things you would never dance before. And, you know, I, if I hadn't have come to dance with Pam Tanowitz, Mm -hmm. I would have never made that friendship or connection Mm -hmm. or mentorship. Um, so I find that every year I'm here, there's always something that I'm like, really grateful for this. Like this is a, a very tangible moment in my career. Um, and also it's Damien Wetzel and, you know, Heather Watts. Yeah. No big deal. Can't beat it. I know. <laughs> I know. It's true. Well, I think with that, we can wrap it up. We got to get let you get back to your rehearsals. You have pictures on the schedule tonight. Yes. And we can't wait to see it. And I can't wait to stage a ballet with you later. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Do it. Yeah. I think that I can see. I can. Yeah. That's right for you. It's in the future. I feel it. Thanks. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. It's a very unique mind, I feel like, that mm-hmm. can do that. So we got to grasp them all and take them and use them. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Stressful. No. I can't think about yeah. it. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Bad, bad. Full bad. circle. Full circle. <laughs> we really had Ballet a theme today. In <laughs> equal parts, stress and love. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much. It was so, so lovely to chat with you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.